0: Hello and welcome to the multitask. I'm John Moore.
1: And it's your boy Fadi Haddad.
0: So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, somebody has not yet conceded yet. What 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 are your thoughts? We have we don't have a concession yet.
1: Well, believe it or not, it's all down. It's Republicans up and down the ballot. So I think a lot of the down ballot Republicans are are following the lead of of their of their chief. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't expect them to concede at all. Um, I don't even expect him to show up to the inauguration, to be honest. It just kind of seems like one of those things where he's just going to walk away. Maybe he conveniently plans a golf trip at Mar-a-Lago the weekend of the inauguration and just kind of walks away. I don't think he'll ever concede. The only thing I could possibly see see him doing is saying, oh, we did everything we could. They stole it from us. And then he kind of just concedes that way. He he almost slipped up at the press conference on Saturday where he almost mentioned the next administration, but he caught himself. But yeah, I'm not surprised.
0: I saw that and I, I cracked up because he, he obviously was 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 not sure what he wanted to say, if he was going to say it, how he was going to say it. But, you know, I think the reality is, is that um, he's put himself in a corner. Yeah. And um, he, you know, the man works on hype. Yeah. And because he works on hype, he literally thinks that he can just... I think when you, when you work on hype, you're just a liar. You're just a, just a natural liar, and you know he he actually you saw what he did where he threatened uh, New York and told them they and, weren't going to get the vaccine because of Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. What do you think of that?
1: Well, I mean he he him and Andrew have gone back and forth over the whole COVID uh, COVID um, since COVID started in March, and Andrew said it best. Like Andrew's Andrew's pretty well known not to 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 not he's going to stand up to bullies, and Trump's the ultimate bully um so i wasn't surprised by that he, he hates all the democratic cities he had problems with pritzker and lightfoot here in, Ch- in chicago in illinois he's had problems with um um gavin newsom in california so i'm not surprised at all he's he's gonna do this stuff but i, I don't think that he has any control over that to be honest
0: real quick i'm gonna interrupt you and, and, and ask you do you know there's a little trivia question do you know who gavin newsom's ex-wife is
1: if i'm not mistaken sh- she's Dating Don Jr.
0: Yes, Kimberly Garfoyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that's Gavin Newsom's ex-wife. And uh, long story short, I actually attended her bachelorette party when she married Gavin. I did it by complete accident. <laughs> I was in Vegas <laughs> with my buddies, and I ran into a friend of mine from San Francisco, and she, and were all these girls wearing T-shirts with pictures of Kim, however you pronounce her last name, Gafoyle or whatever. In lingerie, because she worked herself through law school as a lingerie model. So I asked my friend, "What are you doing?" And she goes, "Oh, well, this girl is marrying my friend Gavin, and Ga- I think Gavin's family owns like a winery or something." So my friend Pooch, but yeah, that—that's one of, the, one, of the, one of the. I always have these random incidents. Yeah. And that was one of the most random incidents. We were—I remember—we were at the Pink Taco at at the Hard Rock Cafe, and I just ran right into him, and and all of a sudden <laughs> I said, "You know, Pooch, what are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, this is my friend Kim. She's marrying my other friend." I'm like. Wow. wow!
1: But, but Gavin but, wasn't the governor
0: at that time, I assume. No, Gavin was. Um, I'm not sure if he was mayor or soon to be elected mayor. It, yeah. it was right before. It was either right before he became mayor or he was already mayor. I'm not sure if he was a bachelor at all during his mayorship. But it's just one of those random things. But you know, getting back to Trump, one of the things that I just think is is just fascinating is the fact that he literally is going to stay in his bunker. And it's funny that he talked about Biden having a bunker. He's yeah. going to stay in his bunker and just hope no one notices that he's not going to be president. He's going to continue to 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 take his followers and raise money. You've heard about the suspicious, um, unethical stuff going on with um, their campaign funds, right? Yeah. And um, my question is, though, will he sulk? Because you've got that January 5th runoff. And, you know, let's be honest, one of the things that happened, part of the reason why um, the Democrats did not do well down ballot, I'm hearing that some people believe that what happened was it was just the fact that Trump bought so many Republicans out. Yeah. Right. And so you've heard the phrase coattails. I think he gave coattails to a significant number of down ballot Republicans. So the question will be if the Democrats are really motivated to take back the seats in the Senate, and Trump is sulking or what have you, will the Republicans really show up? What what do you think?
1: Well, I think the Republicans, the the reason you see um, established uh, Republicans now, not, they're giving it to Trump because they're focused on Georgia from what I understand. I think they're looking at Trump saying, well, we don't want to go against this guy. We don't need him anymore. We got our court seats. We got our, um, we got everything we wanted out of him. And, we just need georgia now and so i think people like mitch and lindsey graham are afraid to say it's over because they want trump to bring out those republicans as you just mentioned for the for the runoff in january so um but i don't think i don't think trump cares trump's always been trump first and uh, i don't think he cares about the georgia unless there's no chance he's gonna be president i think he knows that so um i think he's gonna milk this for as much as he can out of the republicans
0: and the thing is, even if he came out, is he going to do rallies? Mm-hmm. And what are rallies going to be like? How do you rally people when it's not about you? He's yeah. not good at rallying people around yeah. other people. Right. And it's not like he's going to say, I need them. You know, it, it, I think it's going to be crazy. But but speaking about Georgia, um, I one of the things that, that, that you and I have talked about during the week on, you know, via text is what's going on with the belief police. And yeah. so one of the things I think that may happen is just this internal fight that the Democrats are having about that messaging, I wonder how that impacts people in Georgia. I wonder how that, you know, if people are going to be paying attention to that, or if that will turn folks off, how that that impacts Ossoff and Warnick, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't think I have an answer yet, but I'm definitely thinking, you know, what, how is this going to impact?
1: Well, you saw this back in, in the summer with George Floyd, there was a even when the defund the police uh, movement or whatever you want to call it saying came out or started or got popular, there was there was pushback from Democrats within. All the Republicans don't like it, but there was some Democrats who are saying, I, I understand what you're going for, but the actual phrase defund the police isn't accurate and it's harmful. And so I think there was even going back to the summer, not not with the stakes of the Georgia runoffs at the at the at the helm, you saw people saying, What are we actually talking about, defund the police? It was just the wrong messaging and it's bad marketing is what some Democrats were saying. I just wonder if um, we saw what happened in in the election. There was races that we we lost that we thought we were going to win and people were blaming, some people were blaming, defund the police or just that kind of messaging. I think they're going to run away from it. I don't think the Warnock or Ossoff are going to run into it at all. And something we have to learn as Democrats and just as, as people who are running for offices is, Different messages are going to work in different places, right? Californians and, and Chicagoans or New Yorkans or New Yorkers, sorry, uh, are going to are going to identify differently from the local places of like Georgia or Texas or Florida. And we saw that pretty clearly on the election a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things I'll do, and I, I'm a communications person. So yeah. what really angers me about defund the police is this. This is not a hill we want to die on because it's literally messaging. It's not policy. If you were to go ahead and take 10 people who chant defund the police and ask them what is the policy behind it you would have a bunch of nuanced answers now i have some friends and people i follow online who are abolitionists and quite frankly abolitionists are the only ones who should be walking around saying defund the police because a lot of people think that takes the money away from them but Mm -hmm. then other people like well no we're just talking about reorganizing the funds and you know, still having police, but you know, put investing in other things. Well, that's not defunding. Yeah. And I think the reality is is that what is happening is there is like a knockdown, drag them out brawl over this messaging, and it's not really helpful messaging. And it'd be different if it was about the policy. But the reality is we're having an argument about something that's not policy. Hey. When you hear that one nuanced answer, I think that a lot of Democrats embrace about, um, well, what we need to do is we need to take money, some of the money out of policing and put it into mental health services, or we need to be able to fund, you know, addictive services and stuff like that. Most people agree with that. Yeah. But when you put it under the banner of defund the, the police, you're making a a messaging point and you're fighting to the death over it. You're making a messaging point more important than the policy and it's getting in the way. And I, I think it just frustrates me and it frustrates me more with the people who are for it. I think the people who are against it are kind of overreacting too, are knee jerkish a little bit, because quite frankly, you know, you got someone like Max Rose and Staten Island who lost this seat. Stan, he didn't believe he actually attended a George Floyd rally, but he was, you know, against defund the police. It was hung around his neck. He lost Staten Island is, a, you know, uh, a swing district. It was the last two people who served before Max were, were, were Republicans, but it just seems like it's counterproductive. And it, and I think we, especially when you talk about in the social media space, if you are not fully behind defund the police, just as a slogan, you're, you're you're for upholding white supremacy. You're for yeah, yeah. upholding you know killing a black man. No, that's that's not the case.
1: You know, I find it interesting that when I look at defund the police, the way I talk with people who are so uh, like the vitriol against it. And I try to explain it to people like, why do cops have to take domestic calls without violence? Why do cops have to take calls with uh, people who are mentally ill who just need help? Why do we put police in that situation? We should really be helping the police by sending a social worker, by sending mental health experts. And when I explain it to people that way, they're like, yeah, we should be helping the police. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I take it as is, Give the police resources that they don't have to deal with the other stuff and make a focus on actual police work. But I don't think help the police is a is a slogan that the Democrats want to run with either. So we have to get some somebody some a messaging behind there that that helps and that we I, I think there's a big uh, coalition of, of police force and army people who voted for Trump because of the defund the police movement. So when I I just think we should say let's help the police and give them more resources. That doesn't Wait. necessarily mean money.
0: Well, here's the funny thing, though. The way you just described it, the way yeah. you just described it, you want to know who actually supports what you just described. Yeah. A lot of police officers. Right, police exactly. officers don't want to be doing half that stuff. They don't want to be drug intervention specialists. Of they don't course. even want to do domestic violence calls. Yeah. They don't. They. And so the reality is, is that when we when we plant the flag and and, and say the hill we're going to die on is to fund the police, yeah. it's counterproductive because it's divisive, and it doesn't really mean what people are saying. And it's literally turning off people who most likely would support the policy that you're allegedly advocating for.
1: What and like problem? I say,
0: I ha- I have friends who are abolitionists. Yeah. When they say defund the police, I support that. I don't necessarily support abolition, I'll, however, I think if we're going to improve policing, some of the principles that abolitionists talk about, some of the you know ways that that the alternatives, the alternative solutions, they should be embraced and and so people should not dismiss abolitionists. I might you don't have to go all the way to abolition, but you can improve policing if you follow a lot of the stuff that abolitionists say. But realistically, Abolitions are the only ones that should be saying to fund the police. Yeah.
1: I think part of the problem was what happened after George Floyd was this really, what happened after 2016, people started to realize how much of the democratic base are black voters and how much of um, the police violence is against black citizens, right? And so I think people wanted to lean into the idea of we have to support um, the black people in this country and Latino people in this country to a certain extent. So I think people looked at um, defund the police as the antithesis of um, let's support the black cause in this country. In reality, there's just like we saw with the 1994 crime bill, there's a lot of people in red states and blue states who who are black, who are leaders, who are elected officials who are saying, no, we need to help the police too. So I think there's just people ran into it and people made it a a social media thing and, and they were painting it on streets and stuff. And I think people just were so afraid of the backlash that they didn't do that stuff. So what you were saying earlier,
0: I think, and this, and I'm not sure if you run into this to this as an Arab man, I run into this as a black man. Unfortunately, white folks, the larger community, um, do you realize that most white folks don't know an Arab, they don't know yeah. an African American, yeah, but they follow Sean King's trifling ass. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they, they see DeRay. they see the activist, and the reality is, is that um, I, you know, again, I like everyone else am outraged by all the stuff that the police are doing. Of course. And I definitely think there's some police departments in this country or in Chicago, maybe some particular precincts or units that need to be disbanded and, yeah. and done away with. But I don't go so far as to fund the police. I want police. Mo- most black folks want policing. Most people of in course. bad neighborhoods. So it's funny because this is not going to, I don't want to erase the black folks, the black activists who are out there literally trying to to do the work to either abolish police or severely reform it. I'm not trying to diminish them, but they are just like with any community. They're just but one part of the black Mm -hmm. community. And a lot of times it speaks to someone's ignorance of black folks or they're they're being naive because we're a potpourri. And the reality is, is that most white folks look at the black people they see on TV, online, or what have you, and thinks that represents all black folks. Of course, yeah. And I'm sure it's the same way within a Latino community. I'm sure it's the same way with an Arab community, Asian American. I'm sure a lot of folks don't have gay friends, and so their favorite gay actor, their favorite gay celebrity, represents all of what gayness is. But if you have people who are not like you in your life, and multiple people uh, from any particular group, you'll probably find that the assumptions and what you think you need to be doing to embrace or uplift a particular community is very narrow in scope. It doesn't really appreciate what everything that a community is made of.
1: And more importantly, there's not going to be a single answer. There's not going to silver bullet to fix any of these issues. There's going to be cases where we have to take portions of each people's ideas and put them together. So there's not going to be a, the police isn't going to fix anything in in itself. So it's going to have to be um, a broad range of, of solutions that we come up with.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things, so, and this is part of reasons why people, and I think you now really have an opposite where if you're liberal, you're this way, if you're conservative, you're yeah. that way. Um, there was a MAGA rally today in D.C. Um, but, you know, one of the things that has happened is the MAGA folks have embraced the thin blue line flag. A lot of races have embraced the thin blue line flag. And I, and I think I even saw uh, some police force, I think it was local, even decided because of its connection to white supremacy and MAGA that they were going to stop wearing it. Did you ever hear about that? That I think I that, didn't know. Uh, yeah. So, but the MAGA boys were out this weekend in in DC walling out. Uh, it was called the Million MAGA March. I don't think they quite pulled a million folks. Uh, did you yeah. see any of the coverage?
1: Yeah. So I, I I originally went to hit the hashtag just to see the coverage. And I saw that uh, K-pop stands were flooding the, the the hashtag and and taking it over, which is something that happens with Trump uh, hashtags a lot. I also saw the fact that it was, a, I think they estimated it roughly at 15 to maybe 15 to 17,000 people total.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know uh, no matter what those Trump people say, there was not a million people there at all. It was not even close. Um, I also noticed that, you know, Black Lives Matter, Blues Lives Matter, the Million Man March, the Mega Man March. Like, these guys just like to copy, copy movements of actually people who are trying to accomplish things. Um, I, I saw there was some pushback, some anti-protest to the protest. And the way I look, and I saw Trump drive through it, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He's just, there's going to be a little bit of this post-election. There's going to take some time for this to flutter out. But let the, I, the way I looked at it was like, let them have their party because they're not going to be welcome soon enough.
0: Well, and you know, one of the things that that I think happened, uh, believe it or not, is when you look at what happened last week when it was announced that Biden and Harris had won. Yeah. People took to the streets, even in DC. And I would dare say, and I don't have numbers so I don't quote me on this, I would dare say more people showed up spontaneously, organically, to celebrate the Biden victory. Than people who had a what, 10 day lead time. We're going to yeah. meet in DC on this day. We're going to bust in yeah. and everything else. So the reality is, is if you probably take the number of people who attended that MAGA rally and MAGA rallies across the country, I'm sure there were others, yeah. um, and compare that to the number of people who organically just busted out and celebrated for Biden, I think is very small. But I think one of the things that's scary is I, I was watching um, the video. And, you know, a lot of these guys are wearing bulletproof vests. Yeah. Black Lives Matter people I out don't, I out don't there in bulletproof vests. They came, you know, now granted we have a lot of Antifa anarchist types who show up at left leaning events and sometimes they come in with their riot helmets and stuff. But but they came for trouble. Yeah. Um, there was some sign that said something about uh something about the blacks and the Indians. Uh, and it was funny. I don't know the exact language, but it was they were doing an interview on Fox news and the sign came up in the background and believe it or not, it was so disturbing that a Fox news anchor, not an MSNBC, not a CNN anchor, but a Fox news anchor went (laughs) in and said, Whoa, wait a minute. And called and mentioned the sign and talked about how disturbing it was.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you ask Trump, Fox is left wing media now. So I'm not surprised at all, but, yeah, no, this is just all trouble. I want to take, take a moment to talk about your thin blue lion flag thing. I actually posted on Facebook about it today. I don't know if you saw it. The, the MAGA people and those, those types of people who yelled at Colin Kaepernick, who said he's disrespecting our flag, who is um, taking the flag out of what it means, who's disrespecting freedom in this country and all the soldiers who died for the flag. are well, the same people who will take that flag make it black and white, make one of the stripes blue, and then that's not disrespectful to the American flag, the same American flag that World War II soldiers died for, you know what I mean? And I, I just find it disrespectful. It, it, it makes you think, like, they're not actually caring about the flag. It's, they want to be racist, and they want the flag to use as their cover, you know? And so I, I was thinking about the thin blue, thin blue line flag a lot today because I find it completely disrespectful.
0: Well, you know what's fascinating? I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Um, I don't mind the artistic liberties taken with the flag, but I do mind the hypocrisy, right? That if you stand for the flag, you got to stand for it and be true to it. I'm one of those people who thinks that there might be room for some creative interpretations and things like that. But I want to be consistent there, right? But here's the thing. My father was in the Army. My dad believes in the military flag code. And my dad is anti flag waiver because he always tells me when we're driving down the street, if it's raining and he sees a flag up, he's like, that's not patriotic. When he's driving at night and he sees someone still got a flag up, if there's not a light shining on it, that's a violation of the flag code. So really, it's I funny because. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's the thing. Is and I bet you if you look at hardcore military people, people who pay attention to the flag code, the flag is not supposed. If it's flown at night, it needs to be illuminated. If it's not illuminated, that violates the flag code. Flags are supposed to come down in inclement weather. That's the. It's and the thing is, is that people have become so tied to mm-hmm. waving the flag, having red, white, and blue stars and stripes, that they are misappropriating it mm-hmm. and. I don't know all the ramifications, all you know, all the parameters of the military flag code. But my dad is the one who pointed out to me, who's pointing out to me all the time, how these people who are flag waivers are violating all sorts of military flag code. And it's just, and, and, and the thin blue line would be a perfect example of that.
1: And I'll take it a step further: the the American flag hats and the pants and the shirts and the plates for the Fourth of July and. The cutlery for further like all that stuff is unconstitutional. Technically, it's not like illegal, but it's against the constitution to like you. We're said, not
0: constitution it. the flag code. It's against it's, a, It would be against the flag code. Sure, the flag's not in the constitution. I don't. I don't,
1: think. I don't know anymore. But there's no rules anymore, John. But yeah, it's all against the flag code. And so, but these, like I said, they don't actually care. They just want to wave it. They want to shove it in your face when it's useful for them.
0: Yeah, it's and and you know one of the things, and we'll talk about this on another episode. My mom, when I was a kid, never liked flying the flag for one reason. Her father served in World War II. Yeah. And when her father came home, he was still a black man in America. Mm-hmm. He was still not allowed to swim in a local pool. Yeah. He still had to ride in the back of the bus. He still could only drink in colored water fountains and use colored bathrooms, yeah. even though he was serving. So it was funny because my mom, for the longest, was just you know would have a hard time flying the flag because she saw her father serve bravely in World War II and come back and still be treated like a second-class citizen. So I think, yeah. you know, that's that's a discussion for another time. Sure. Um, one of the things, though, whether you're uh, going to the MAGA rallies or um, protesting or what have you, is we've got COVID problems. Yeah, it's, back. Yeah. it's back. It's back. How left. are you coping with it?
1: It's never I, I, The only thing I keep reminding people is, like, this isn't a second wave or a third wave. We're still on the first wave. We never... We never hit this downtrend at all. And what you're seeing, I keep looking to other countries. What are other countries doing and what are, because we're behind other countries, we're behind Korea and China and Canada and stuff. They start like this and they go like this and then they reopen everything and then it kind of goes up. They shut down again, but they keep it down. And so we never did that. We never quarantined properly in any state, I, I don't feel like there's some states that were successful but because it's so rampant that they can't control it right now we have um i think 42 states that are close to hospital capacity if i'm not mistaken there's 49 states who are just trending red the only state that's like semi-orange is vermont's and their population isn't that dense so it's scary and it's way scarier than it was in march and um unfortunately trump poisoned the well so to say, he came out and basically half the country doesn't even believe it's real on some level. So Biden's going to have to he's going to hit the have to hit the ground running, but he's also dealing with opposition because he's going to be dealing with people who don't want to listen to what he what he thinks is best moving forward.
0: Yeah, and you know we're in Illinois. Yesterday, fifteen thousand people tested yeah. positive. Yeah, 50 and I think that's I think I don't think any state. I don't even think. I don't know if New York on its worst day ever hit 15,000, but it's, it's scary. Our hospitals are overcrowding. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's, it didn't have to happen. Go back to April, go back to May, go back to March when people talked about there'd be a second wave. And I kind of said to myself, I'm not sure if you thought the same thing. I'm like, well, quite frankly, if there's a second wave, that's our fault yeah because we know what we need to do to shut it down yeah. and one of the things that they say part of the reason why it is so bad was that the first wave you started at a baseline of zero right yeah. and the second wave however you know like you said we may not even really be in a second wave but we never got our baseline back down yeah right so realistically instead of starting at a baseline of zero you're starting at a baseline of what maybe uh, as a nation 80,000 infections a day. And then from yeah. 80,000, you go to 85,000. And from, you know, that um, someone did a st- uh, 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 some stats that Illinois in the first two or three weeks, the first two weeks of November has had as many people as infected as we did in the previous four months.
1: Yeah, I believe it.
0: It's, it's, like I said,
1: it never, we never got control of it. We had an opportunity to follow other countries. And granted, The United States is big, and and the people in Florida don't have to deal with the people in Montana, and I totally get that. But we saw in other countries where social distancing masks and and lockdowns worked. Then they were able to open back up and a slight creep up, like you said, back to our baseline. And then, all right, let's shut it down again, social distance again. And each single time that happens, it's lower and lower and lower to the point where you really have it under control. Um, Korea one time had three cases, and they shut everything down again. And that, like I said, that's the type of attitude we need locally and, and nationally, but we never got it from the beginning. And now we're fortunate to have a president who believes in the science, who's going to push forward, but he's not the president for another three months. So um, it's going to be interesting.
0: And I get so frustrated when I see people um, go after, you know, we're again, we're in Illinois, Chicago metropolitan area. I'm in a suburb, you're in the city. I get so frustrated when I see people coming after Lori and JB yeah. as if they're they're trying to ruin their businesses. Look, I know your businesses, especially people in food services and in yeah. restaurants and bars, you're suffering. And you know what? Quite frankly, and there is a bill in Congress to do something for restaurants, and we need to make sure we need to make sure we have a stronger social safety net in this case, not just for individuals but for small businesses, so that they yeah. can afford to shut down. But the reality is, is that when don't take it out on JB. Do not take it out on Lori. They are trying to save lives. They are literally trying to save lives. And the reality is, is that if you want your business back, a complete shutdown is much better because if we keep half assed it like we are, you're going to always be teetering. And even if you're open... Fadi's not going. I'm I'm not not going. going. My parents aren't going. So your overall revenues are going to be down. I've always wondered, you know, for some of these folks, is it possibly better, especially if we can get them some type of assistance, is it possibly better to stay shut down and not have the expenses? Because I would assume that, granted, you're losing money, but I wonder if you're losing more money by opening up because you do have to turn on lights, you have to you have to use your utilities, you have to have product in, and are you going to have enough business? right to to cover your cost or are you kind of better just sealing it off for a while
1: well i was so i want to tell the story really quickly about a friend on facebook of mine who's a bartender in the city of chicago downtown and they've been shut down this whole time right and then slowly got opened up in the summer and everything and he's been posting like jb and Lori memes about how they're dictators and all this other stuff and i, I messaged him i said at what point of this is JB's fault? Like, I'm, I just curiously want to know where you're coming from. And he's like, they keep shutting down. I said, you, this is the only way. And I told him, I said, I respect what you do. I appreciate the, what you mean to society. This is the only way. There's no way we should be in bars right now. And I said, and he's like, it's a, it's a failure of the government to shut down. And I said, no, no, no. The failure of the federal government was not to provide you with assistance, to provide... The owner of the bar with um, a mortgage relief to provide him with a stimulus to not only pay his employees, but to actually directly pay the employees from the federal government. If you got $2,000 a month, you wouldn't be complaining about the work because you could survive off that. So the, the failure isn't the shutdown, the failure is from the top of the federal government that we didn't provide our citizens with the assistance that they needed. I know Kamala had a bill in April that provided $2,000 a month to every single citizen until the pandemic was over, and then three months after the pandemic. So that's the type of stuff that, that we failed on in the federal government because right. part of it was Trump did not even think it was real, right? The shutdowns are, are needed, they're necessary, and they're coming again. And so we have to do something for the, for the people who are going to suffer by giving them money. It's just simple. The, the answer is money. Give people assistance, relief, and money, and we, we're going to be able to get through this with a lot more people that aren't sick or dead.
0: Yeah. I mean, and again, it, it's, I think we've learned enough Mm -hmm. that even the food service people could be, we could be still, they could still be open if they were following norms. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things that is just tough and I agree with you, I know that there's bills out there that, you know, deal with, um, you know, providing assistance and support to restaurants. Um, you know, the, these are the types of things that, you know, one of the reasons why we voted for Biden that hopefully we can, I think it's a long shot now get a democratic Senate, but yeah. the house is working on is you literally, it's going to take a long time to get out of this Yeah. and what's, you know, what, what's happening now and I've not really looked at it, but someone said back in March um, or March or April, what's really bad are not the people, the people who lost their jobs back then. Those people are in trouble, but yeah. they said, you're going to have a second wave, not only of the disease, but now you've had a business and you've struggled and you've struggled and you've kept yeah. your people on. Now you get into November and you can't really do it anymore. You
1: can't you know? be outside. You can't. There's a lot of businesses who survived just because the weather was good and they were able to, we're from Chicago, like you said, right? It's cold now. There's not, you you can't really be outside for more than five, ten minutes now, especially when it gets even colder in the snow and the and the rain, California, other states could do it. They could afford to do it. They could be outside, but half the country is not going to be able to do that. So you're right. There was, there was a wave of cases and that's going to follow a wave of bankruptcies and, and, and unemployment.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's move on to something more uplifting and exciting. Sure. Um, you know, Kamala wasn't the only female, uh, especially only Asian American female, Granted, she's yeah. African American, but she's also Asian American. Um, baseball this week, uh, welcoming its first female general manager. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to help me with the last name pronunciation, Kim. How do you pronounce the last name?
1: I think it's Ing or, or some, some um, sort of
0: version.
1: The of that. first female
0: general know. manager, uh, in a professional sport, but definitely in baseball, and the first Asian American. And I think yeah. one of the reasons why I think I, I did the comparison to Kamala, and I think we talked about this before. The best part about Kamala, she was the first African American, the first Asian American woman to become vice president but she was also just the first woman and you know a lot of times when it's a woman and we talk about intersectionality when it's the first african-american first asian woman it usually means that there's other women who've done it before them, yeah right and and also when you even when you say first woman and first asian-american or first african-american woman it also means that there's been other asian i mean uh, men before but no these ladies are definitely glass ceiling breakers what, what are your thoughts on this
1: well, she's she's not only qualified; she's probably more qualified than any other person that exists in the world, from what I understand. I think part of six World Series appearances, part of two rings, part of over thirty years of of, of uh, experience in the in the what they call the front of the house or, or the top of the line. Um, yeah, good for good for the Marlins. I know they've struggled the last five six years since Jeter took over. So I'm glad he's breaking those barriers. And it's for a team that's struggling. It's good to um, give people a reason to watch and to be fans of.
0: Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that, that you'll see it with, with her is, um, obviously, I don't know much about her. Uh, you know, it was funny. A friend of mine worked with her at the White Sox. So when I when I first heard it, I was excited that I, I reached out to him. He said, oh, yeah, I worked with her. We were interns at the same time. Um, by the way, she started out at the White Sox, not the Cubs. I just wanted to get that point in you, there. You don't get
1: credit. You guys let her go. <laughs>
0: But we held her for a lot longer than she was you ever guys, with the You cons. guys hired
1: somebody this week that that uh wasn't too too nice. You guys
0: yeah. we we'll just call him Crash Larusa. But uh yeah. that that being said though, um I'm excited to see what it what, what happens with her. I, I hope people pull for her. And you know, uh especially when you think about the Asian American I have a lot of friends who are Asian American and yeah. I remember uh remember when Jeremy Lynn was just, you know, the god is on fire yeah. right he's, he's everything, um, yeah. i just love seeing any community communities you know whether it's my own community black african-american from the southern suburbs whether it's, whether it's arab asian-american i just love seeing other communities just love it when somebody that belongs to the community breaks a barrier it's just to me it's just one of the greatest things out there
1: yeah, and hopefully, uh, women in the last three four years have broken a lot of barriers. You see a lot of assistant coaches in the NFL and a lot of assistant coaches in the NBA. It's just a matter of time. Unfortunately, it's taken this long. They they've deserved it for decades. Obviously, that goes without saying. But it's been a big it's been a big few years for women in sports, and I just hope it continues. And I hope that within the next year or two, we get the first woman head coach in the NBA. I think that's on the horizon um i'm looking at becky hammond and san antonio that's close and you see a lot of of these instances where they're right on the cusp and kim was able to break through and i think she's just the beginning of that
0: yeah well we got kamala we got the speaker of the house now we got the general manager we got the mayor of chicago yeah um you and i both have really strong mothers so you know it's exciting And i just think that part of it though too is chris rock said something um when barack obama (laughs) got elected that I think probably applies to men. They said something, and i i am not sure if I have it correct, but something said along the lines: "said, you know, wow, Black America got to the point to where they could, we could find like a Black man." And Chris Rock's like, "No, America just kind of—it's—it's it's, it's the white folks who should be applauded for not yeah. letting the fact that, that a man um, is Black get in the way of voting for him." And I think it's the same way as. Women didn't just become experts, of course, uh, in baseball or anything. It's just that the men in charge, the men who hold the power, are now realizing that they need to let sexism go, sexism go. And if someone is qualified and someone is going to do a good job regardless of the gender, you got to give them the opportunity.
1: Well, they're trying to hold on because women are hell of a lot smarter than we are, <laughs> and I have a feeling that. The more and more that that women take over, they're gonna they're gonna show us how, how much. Look, everybody's I'll take it back to Trump for just a moment, just a moment of this positive story. Everyone said Hillary was too emotional, was too erratic, was gonna be too crazy, and he's literally the poster child of that. So just everybody needs to let it go. Kim is gonna do fine. All these women are gonna do fine because they're qualified, they're smart, and they're gonna kick our asses.
0: Yes. So on that note, uh, we gotta wind it down. This was this was another great edition of the multitask. This is John signing off.
1: This Rodding signing off. Thanks for joining us, guys.
0: All right, we'll see you next week.